I didn't want anything ever to happen to you. And so I thought, man, if I can build this little, mm-hmm. bu- I didn't think this, but if I could build this bubble and keep you in the bubble, right, then we keep you safe. This is Behind Our Smiles. Pursuing connection. And finding joy. Even in the struggle. And welcome back to another episode of the Behind Our Smiles podcast. We are Joe and Tara Buchanan. And we are so glad that you're here. And we're also very grateful for our sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. Uh, Samaritan Ministries is a biblical health care sharing. They connect hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially when a medical need arises. There are no network restrictions, and they will even help you choose a quality provider whether you're traveling or at home. It's affordable, and you can join today. You can find out more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash smiles. So Tara, outside of our podcast, <laughs> and it's actually really hard to listen to your own podcast, right? I don't, I don't because like it that much. <laughs> hearing your own voice, and I've, I've been doing radio for a long time, and I still, it just is a weird thing listening to your own voice. But um, how many other podcasts do you think, would you say you listen to regularly, you're subscribed to, and you would be sad if they went away? Well, at least 20. 20? Yeah, 25. Okay, so how many of those 20 to 25 podcasts have you left a five-star rating and or a review? A couple. Really? Yeah. So uh, out of 25, <laughs> you've left a couple. Why Why have you not left more ratings and I reviews? haven't gotten around to it. It's like... It's like a task to do. Mm. Okay, so obviously it's, it's literally just moving. I know. Your finger See that, that the right, the my right hand and the first index finger sometimes gets tired. So here's here's the reason that I haven't left more reviews is because a lot of times when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm not looking at my phone, mm-hmm. and so by the time the podcast is over, my phone's in. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my earphones on or whatever. It's in the car. My phone's not anywhere near me, so I don't get around to it. But since doing this mm-hmm. podcast and understanding how important reviews are, mm-hmm. we have upped our game. Yes, I'm finally like, okay, how hard is it to put the five stars? I'm still thinking about some reviews because that's like a big, a bigger <laughs> commitment. But, you know, even, and I, but when I'm looking for a certain topic, if I'm researching something or I'm looking for a certain person, I know I want to hear their take on something. Again, the podcasts that get recommended to me other ones of those, those ratings, ratings and reviews. So I'm like, okay, and it tells me this person here probably has got it right versus with no ratings reviews. I'm going, do I trust this person? So I know as a listener of podcasts, I need to do that more. And that's why we're asking you, but I'm going to join you in five-starring the podcast that I enjoy and want to hear more from. So bottom line, your five-star rating makes a huge difference. If you are enjoying the podcast, we appreciate it. Your review goes a really long way. So thank you for your rating and review. So today... We're talking about a very fun topic. This is one of my favorite topics that we have talked about. (laughs) Why is it one of your favorites? It's just fun. It's just funny because, well, it's not funny all the time. I think it's fun because we've seen growth in this area. If we hadn't seen growth. And there are stories that we just have along the way have accumulated. So we titled it, You're a Safety Freak. Mm. And you know which one's a safety freak. (laughs) That would be Joe. It's Joe is a safety freak. And so this is my proof of how much a safety freak he is. Mm. So Joe is very, very aware of danger at all times or anything that might threaten my safety. So a few months ago, I had to get a hold of him via text and he was not answering my text, which is okay. He's <laughs> at work. You're going to share this story. He's because he's, he's at work and I was kind of getting impatient. It was a silly question. I had to ask him about the store and another half an hour goes by and the kids were asking me like, did you text dad yet? Did he get back to you yet? I'm like, he didn't. He's now, working. Mind you, I'm at work, right? Yeah. And if it was an emergency, I could call the office. Mm. Wasn't an emergency. I just really wanted to hear back from you. So I was like, I told the kids, I said, I know how to get dad to answer my text. Mm. So I wrote down, 
fire, smoke, gas. I'm going to the store soon. <laughs> <laughs> I pressed send. And ten seconds later, the phone rings. <laughs> like, my husband's alive. <laughs> you're like, Tara. Are you what, okay? Are you right? okay? I'm like, you weren't answering my texts. Now, here's the caveat to that. You do that a few times. I have not done it since. Yes. It was more for the experimentation with my kids mm. to say, I know that if I say a danger, you know, fire and smoke, that my husband, even if you didn't see the text, you would know. Like, it would just send to you and you would know there was danger. When you grow up uh, the way that I did, mm -hmm. um, grew up in a lot of different foster homes. We've shared a little bit of my story throughout this podcast. Um, you're very aware of the fact that the world can be a very cruel mm -hmm. place, that things can happen, things can go wrong. And so I uh, am very intentional about making sure if something goes wrong, at mm -hmm. least I can say I did my best to prevent it. Right. So, I mean... And I don't want anything to go wrong. Right. So there's quite a few things that we have learned, not just about being a safety freak in a bad way, but the good news is Joe is actually quite knowledgeable <laughs> in these areas. So... Throughout this podcast, you're going to also hear some fantastic tips on how to keep your home and your yeah. family safe from fire, smoke, and gas, and everything else that stuff, can, right. can endanger you. I See, like when I married Joe, I didn't even know certain things were out there that were dangerous, just because I was mostly protected from extreme danger. Mm, and I didn't well, experience any house right. fires growing up. I mean, I had bad things happen, but no car accidents, nothing like that to make me really fearful of those things. And when you were growing up, in the 80s, uh, smoke detectors weren't really a big thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like well, they we didn't have the same kind, Right, they did, but they wasn't. But we didn't wear seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the same kind of code it is today where yes. you have one in every room. Right. and you, So like, for instance, if you're going to replace your smoke detectors, it mm -hmm. costs money today. Right. And, well, and smoke detectors aren't even the beginning of it. Joe also likes his gas detectors. Well, it's there's carbon monoxide detectors, which are extremely important to have on every level. Mm -hmm. And, and why is that? I, well, because carbon monoxide is a gas that you can't smell or taste. And it where does can, it come from? It comes from well, basically, a lot of it is when your furnace is not working right. Okay. The the firewall in your furnace, and don't want to go into boring details there. But yes, there are things in your home that can produce carbon monoxide that, if not taken out of your home properly, can spill into your home and can create a very dangerous situation especially when you're sleeping but what's coming out of the stove is the question because you're also That's worried natural about the gas. stove mm -hmm. and so on our main level i have not only a carbon monoxide detector but it's a uh, a gas detector as well so, so if you want knows. a gift for joe a gift idea for yeah. joe just get him some kind of detector right and he'll be happy we have a water detector don't we we do we, we have, have leak detectors because <laughs> under your sink or in your basement there could be leaks and here's the th here's the thing we've experienced some of this okay. and that's how we've learned yes and so here is our really awful story with natural gas so joe mm. has always taught me again be careful with the natural gas in the stove to make sure that the gas is turned off when you're done cooking and by the way prior to this story that tara is going to share we did not have a natural gas <laughs> detector. Uh, detector so yes. yeah go ahead these are always coming from a story and so i knew that we should turn the gas off but i had been making a big pot of chili that day so it was like a long simmer and then I went at night, I went to bring the kids to church, left Joe home alone, and the gas in the stove was still simmering well, the chili. right. And we, had, we were having problems with this particular stove yeah. at the time where it would be lit mm -hmm. and the flame would go out, right. but the gas would stay on. So I kind of knew that, but I have it on low. I take the kids to church for a couple hours and I come home and I'm like in the garage before I even open the door to the kitchen. And I'm smelling a lot of gas. And I was enough to go, that's not good. Mm. So I remember opening the door wide and yelling, gas! Well, no, you yelled gas. my name first. Yeah. 
because you thought something well and here what ended up happening was i had had a long day on the road Mm -hmm. i got home and i had to do some more work so i was going to sit down in the living room and do some work you had chili and you said to me i'm going to put this on high because it had been simmering and you wanted to bring Mm -hmm. it up for me to eat it so you wanted to bring the heat up i'm going to put this on high for a little while but i want you to check it a little Mm -hmm. while and bring it down so you put it on high what you didn't realize is the flame had blown Mm -hmm. out so when you put it on high, you just were blowing gas into the house. So, so she leaves. I'm working. And this literally happens. I'm on my laptop. And I said to myself, man, I don't know why I'm so tired. I just thought it was from the day, right? right. I said, I'm going to literally, I said, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to take a nap. And then I'm going to come back and work a little bit later. And so I literally laid down on the couch. This is the honest truth. Mm-hmm. I laid down on the couch. I closed my eyes and I was falling asleep. When all of a sudden, mm-hmm. my eyes popped wide open. Your gas detector. And I went, something's not right. I never do this. This is mm-hmm. not right. Something's not right. And I knew that our stove was having trouble. So I jumped up. I ran in there and, and noticed that it was on full mm-hmm. with no flame. So I turned it off. I opened every window in the house. I had the ceiling fans going. Um, I stepped outside for a good 20 minutes, a half hour, and I had just come back in. And, and so this is maybe an hour later. Mm-hmm. And it you still come smells home, like gas. And in the garage, you knew something was wrong. Right. So the worst part of the story is, though, so we're like, oh, my goodness, we need to get a new stove and all that. But the scary part is that afternoon when you'd gotten home, though, we had an appointment with a life insurance agent because <laughs> we had a previous life insurance policy. And that was we were, expiring. That was, and we said we want to change it and get a different one. And at that moment, on that day, we were doubly insured on life yes. insurance. Yeah. So had something happened to my husband that day, I would get a double payout. <laughs> and I'm sure the police wouldn't look at me strange oh, yeah. at all. Prosecutors would have a field so day with that one. That's the day that I almost poisoned my husband. So shortly gas. after that, we, number one, got a different stove. And then number two, we got a, 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 a gas explosion detector. detector so. And I try not to leave the gas on when I leave the house, whether Joe's here or not. And check the gas, well, check and the, the gas. And in full disclosure, the stove that we now have has a blue light on mm-hmm. the knob. So when the gas is on, you see this big blue light. When we saw that feature on here, we're like, we need that. <laughs> because actually, if you're like 10, 12 feet away from the stove, even across the room, you can automatically see the lights on. And that saved us a couple of times because mm-hmm. I keep things on simmering a lot. Right. And I know automatically. So yeah, be careful so, for natural gas and carbon monoxide. And, and, and that, so the, what this entails too is going around and your appliances can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. So you're like your dryer for the gas dryer, your mm-hmm. stove. And so it's checking those lines, your furnace, and just making sure that they're they're not leaking and that they're okay. Especially the colorless, odorless, right? invisible gas kind of scares me. And natural <laughs> gas obviously has a smell, but because I was in the house, I think it was like boiling a frog, right? Mm-hmm. I just had become to sense it. used to it, didn't notice. Right. And, um, so, you know, our, our safety freak story goes back to the beginning. And I knew this about Joe from our early marriage. And in our early marriage... It was way more intense because Mm. so much of the safety freak was wrapped up in this anxiety. And I did feel it, I think unconsciously, right? Subconsciously, this worry you had for me. And I think I took it a lot because I knew you were so worried about my safety. Well, I was worried about your safety. I was worried about our kids when they came along. I was uh, mainly because I had seen, and see, I don't know, Tara, that we knew how to properly articulate it back then. Mm Like we had, we weren't far enough into the healing process Mm -mm. to fully understand what was happening. But looking back now, I mean, you can see it clear. I mean, how many times did I have people leave in my life and never come back? Mm -hmm. And how many times did I have to leave a home and never go back? And so Mm -hmm. I was always in, and in the way that that child mind and psych 
psyche, you know, um, process those things, I didn't want anything ever to happen to you. And so I thought, man, if I can build this little, mm-hmm. bu- I didn't think this, but if I could build this bubble and keep you in the bubble, right, then it would keep you safe. And there was just always that level. And it, to some, some of it was good, but okay, honey, if you went out like, okay, is your purse by your shoulder? Is it zipped up? Do you know where you're going? Um, don't park so far in the parking lot. And those are all, again, fantastic, fantastic tips. But I think it was different because for me, I had never been attacked or hurt or anybody like really hurt me in a deep, deep way. So I was not like preparing in that sense to be hurt. I found I was a trusting person. Things worked out for me. So for you, though, you're like, no, it's possible that evil people are out there out there and they will hurt you. And I would love to say that it was totally selflessness, Mm -hmm. but it was probably mostly selfishness from the standpoint that I obviously didn't want you to ever get hurt, but I also didn't want to have to deal with Mm -hmm. that feeling of what that was going to do to me Mm -hmm. to have you hurt. And so I know, for instance, I would squelch Tara's excite your excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, You would want to go do something and I'm calculating how many miles is that? And Mm -hmm. what's that going to entail? Do you know where you're going? What roads you're going to be on? Mm -hmm. And, And instead of really enjoying life with you and allowing you to to enjoy your life, I was always kind of putting a damper on that. Like, did you think about this? Did you think right. about that? I don't like that idea. Da, 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 da. So the first minute that I get excited about something like this is going to be fun, I'm automatically feeling a little bit guilty or a little bit worried going, if I do this, this will make Joe anxious. Was, and, and we started when we began to have really honest conversations about that. Mm-hmm. And I began to, to kind of probe that there was, I was hurt by that initially and, and almost offended. My pride was hurt that I was causing this in you. But I, I thought, man, this, something has to change because I can't have you always worried about how it's your life. The things that you want to do is going to impact me. Or I, and I began to be more worried about things that I had never worried about. Now, in some ways, those were good things. You know, you do have to grow up at some point and learn how to take care of yourself and to avoid stupidly dangerous situations. So in some ways I liked it because you did help make me more self-conscious. And some of this is not so much of an issue of worrying as issue of being careful with remember to lock the doors. That's a big one for you, right? You mm-hmm. lock the doors. It is something we, it is automatic. And I, I think I usually lock my door, but with you, I began very good to lock the door every time the car door, the block, the main door. And so that's good. Like I learned some diligence there to say, don't forget these things. Mm-hmm. But the other side, the problem was in our early marriage was that level of worry Yeah, that I was locking the door, not because it's what we did, because there's danger out there and I'm right. worried. And Joe knows that there's someone out to get us at any amount of time. And that's, I think, the negative side of that. Right. And I think there were so many times that I would fear things. And then the Bible tells us not to worry, right? Mm-hmm. And not to fear these things. But I would fear things, project that on you, things that would were one in a million shots, mm-hmm. right? Man, a meteorite might hit right. the house. And right. We this might, is how we're going to protect ourselves. Right. We're going to meteorite detector. Right. And I'm like, is this really a possible? And that's what I'm seeing the seatbelt. It's like, hey, to say, hey, babe, but make sure you're wearing your seatbelt. Mm. That's fantastic. Like, we recommend that. But then, like, there were certain things you wanted me to protect me from, which are like, this is a one in 5,000 chance that this is a danger. But we kind of carried that worry with us. And I'm like, but I don't want my husband to suffer. I don't want him to worry about me. So at least at this point in our marriage, we had cell phones and not texting, but we did have cell phones. So I could like call me if you get there or we can kind of check up on me better. Right. I couldn't but, track you like I can. Today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I The tracking is amazing. I love that. Um, so, yeah, I 
inadvertently really was stealing your joy uh, out of your everyday mm-hmm. life. And we had to make some adjustments and we're going to talk about those. We're also going to give you some real good safety tips mm-hmm. that really are good, not just worrisome tips. <laughs> and we're going to do that right after we hear from our wonderful sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. The landscape of healthcare may be ever-changing, but one thing Samaritan Ministries members count on is the blessing of biblical community with their healthcare, like these friends. Yes, our needs are being met, and so we are on the receiving end in many ways, but we're also able to meet the needs of others, and in doing so, we're living out uh, that biblical reality of generosity and serving one another. Kind of a breath of fresh air. In some stressful times, we have just been able to rely on Samaritan in ways that we never really even thought about before becoming members. And it's just been a real blessing to us in different phases of life. In a world where the only constant is change and Jesus, it's nice to be a part of a ministry family that has been a consistent part of our lives for 10 years and will be for years to come. We love that. Want more information? Visit us at SamaritanMinistries.org slash smiles. So before we could find healing when it comes to me being overbearing in my safety. Safety freak. Freakness. <laughs> we needed to first understand the root mm-hmm. of the problem. And again, we kind of knew it was your issue of saying, honey, I've seen the worst in the world. It does happen. And me kind of going, okay, I believe you. But what's our likelihood of this happening? Um, because again, you your experience growing up just had changed your way you view the world. Mm. And I think too, I, I really needed to come to a place where I could better trust God. And I had to deal with this idea that I really did blame God a lot. Mm-hmm. And I really had lost trust in him because my idea was, and not even being able to put a finger on it at the time, if God is God, mm-hmm. he's so powerful, how in the world could he step, sit by, watch mm-hmm. those things happen and mm-hmm. let them happen? And so I didn't think when it really boiled down to it, I could trust him. I was good at saying I could, and I was good at convincing myself I could trust God. But when push came to shove, I really couldn't trust him. So I had to get to a place, and it it took a while to really ask God for help to trust him better. Well, that's where I think in our marriage, Joe, it's cool that we have both those perspectives. Because I could say, I can trust God because he protects you from things and you'll be okay. Because that mostly was my life story. I didn't encounter any great awful violation or horror or car accident. Mm. I mean, there's a few things in there that happened for sure. But looking at the big scope of my life at that point, God had protected me. So it was like learning to say, okay, how can we still say God is trustworthy when things work out and when things maybe don't work out and people do hurt you? And so we ended up realizing that, you know, part of your safety freak was more of a control freak. Correct. And I think part (laughs) of what played into that was I grew up in situations where I was helpless, Mm -hmm. right? Where uh, no one was coming to my rescue. The very people that were supposed to protect me were ones that hurt me. And here I am, I'm not the wife, I'm the husband. Mm -hmm. So in theory, the way our culture works and the way things work, I'm the one that would protect you, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the other way around. And so I I felt like I never want to be in that place again where I'm helpless Mm -hmm. to help you or help me or keep us or our children from safety. And I, I, again, it, it comes back to the root of that issue is that I could not trust God. And so I wanted to control. So the more that I could control the situation mm-hmm. in my own mind, the more that I could keep us safe. Right. Cause that control also was coming from, if something happens to my wife, mm. I, it's my fault too. 
right? right. Like I didn't check the door. Right. <laughs> I didn't turn off the gas or, you know, these accidents and taking so much, so much ownership to these things that sometimes are out of our control. And me getting in a car accident often could be out of our control, but you want to feel like if I just do these things, right, we'll be in control. But, you know, look at the idea of controlling in the Bible. We don't, you know, talk about controlling others. It just talks about self-control. Right. <laughs> and like, that's our responsibility when it comes to control is how do we control ourselves? But I saw you in those early years of our marriage, just trying to keep everything on the outside of you under control to get that sense of peace. Like if I can just keep everything straight and safe. Right, like in Second Timothy 1, 7, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. It reminded me of that when you were, you were saying that. And, and it, it goes back to this idea that we can try to control everything, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that everything's gonna work out right. And, and I'll give you a quick example. We have a water softener. Mm-hmm. And I have, uh, in our basement, we have an ejector well and a sub pump, an ejector pump and a sub pump. Um, and I have backup pumps on each of those pumps and because pump backup pump detectors, yes, uh, battery backups because I don't want the basement to flood. So I thought I was fully covered. I thought I had controlled the situation until one morning about 4 a.m. I woke up and I heard the neighbor across the street, his generator kicked and he has a whole house generator kicks in. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, there's no power in the house. Mm-hmm. And so what I will do when, when I notice something's off like that, I will quickly walk through the house and make sure everything's okay. And so I was doing that. And as I opened the basement door, I heard a sound that sounded like the water softener. And it was really a very funny moment. I'm sure the fa- my facial expression, because I'm like, wait a minute, we have no power. Mm-hmm. How in the world is the water softener on? And I get to the second to la- last step and I step into water. <sighs> the basement is flooding. And what had happened was the uh, water softener. And if you're a plumber, you're already smiling because you know what happened here. The I water softener. Was in a uh, was in its recycle or uh, regeneration mode, and when it's in its regeneration mode, what it does is it opens the water valve, and the water flows through. I mean, it flows through hard, and then it flows the excess flows into the ejector well, and the ejector pump kicks it out. Well, when you have no power, and the power goes out right when the regeneration starts, it leaves that valve open. So if I had not woke up Mm -hmm. to hear the generator kick on, it would have been a whole lot worse because that water would have kept kicking full, full volume of water coming into the basement. So the only way that I could fix it in that moment was to kill water to the house. And so I killed the water to the house. And then uh, my neighbor had a generator that he let me use, a portable one. To, he's very prepared, by the way. He's got a whole house generator <laughs> and several portable generators. He's more of a safety freak than I am. But anyway, I was able to, to start cleaning. And that took a, a long week. time yeah. to clean that whole mess up. But the point of that story is I thought I had controlled, like I was oh, in such control of that. From a, from a plumber's perspective, you had crossed all of your T's and dotted your I's. And you were so aware of like, and we had had a basement flood about 10 years earlier in another house. And once you had flooded once, you're like, we're never yeah. flooding again. So every time it rains, power's out, Joe's down there looking, checking every equipment. <laughs> and I know. And like, I have leak detectors. I'm so. like, he's my, yeah, he's my Mr. Safety Freak husband. I feel pretty confident that our basement won't flood because you are on that. it. But you're on it. <laughs> And like this happened once and it kind of taught that lesson. This was only a few years ago to say we can only do so much and so much is out of our control. Now, since then, you've changed the setting on the water softener. 
So it does not... It only regenerates when we're at home <laughs> and awake. It's one of those things that once you know, you know. And I have a mental note in my head of how often it mm-hmm. regenerates. So I know, for instance, we were out of town recently and mm-hmm. we lost power. I, they, uh, our power company let us know the we power was out. And I realized that this is the time. This was the day <laughs> it was going to regenerate. And I also realized around the timing of the, the power going out was the timing it would regenerate. And so I had a friend, Greg, who was very gracious to go over and check and everything was fine and it's all good, but it's like, no matter what control you think you have, it's always, there's always something. It's always something. And so for me, I think I had to deal with some of the root of those issues of what was obviously my past. We can, we can say that that caused a lot of that, but there was a lot of unnecessary fear. Mm -hmm. I was spending so much time fearful of what might happen. I was missing out on life. And um, I think it was uh, Charles Stanley that said, um, worry is interest paid on a loan you'll never mm-hmm. have. I, and so that's what I was doing. I was paying interest on a loan I would never have. And, uh, and so I, I had to learn that. to tackle I, that. And I sense that fear from you. And I make you look back now and go, yeah, I think I was, I was absorbing it, right? Because I sensed it. But I mean, like what the Bible says about fear, and it's, the cool thing about fear is don't just fear not to fear, just to do it, because that doesn't really help me much, mm. you know, but... And Isaiah, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I'm your God. Mm. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, which means mm. the reason we don't have to fear is because someone else is in control. Someone else has it figured out. So it doesn't have to be a, a baseless, fee, a baseless. oh, let, we'll let it go and just not worry. We know whose hands our lives are in. And I think as you made that transition in your development of letting go of that fear, it started releasing in me too. It's like, okay, my husband's... Is he's rightfully feared, but not all the time feared. Well, and I thought, you know, peace, we think about peace as being this passive thing, mm-hmm. right? But it's such a powerful thing. And, and then when you think about the peace of God, how it, it just completely transcends, the Bible says this, right? Transcends all understanding and it will guard. The peace transcends all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I began to realize that, uh, it's kind of like in John after Jesus feeds the 5,000 and, and everybody leaves because the teaching gets hard and Jesus turns to his disciples and, and to Peter and says, hey, are you going to go too? And he says, no, you are life. And I had to get to this place to realize that no matter what happens in my life, good or bad, mm-hmm. I only I have God. That's mm-hmm. it. That, whether it's good, whether it's bad, no matter what happens, there's I nothing else. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's him or nothing. And once I began to get to that place to go, okay, God, I don't like it. I don't understand it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to trust you to the best of right. my ability. Because even with every safety tip. And I tip, need your help to, to fill the gap. Every safety tip that we can ever follow, there still is no guarantee of a worry, not worry-free, but a danger-free life. And I mean, like there's just always something else. And if we try to literally keep it all in our hands, then we're going to eventually be. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that God was Mm -hmm. uh, so faithful in that as I sought him Mm -hmm. and asked him for help and asked him to make up the difference he did. That reminds me of another story. We go back to fire, Joe. (laughs) So again, we are planning this episode and I'm like, which story do I pick? Because we have so many safety stories that we've also, Joe likes the smoke detectors. I mean, obviously they're, they're legal, not legal. They're mandatory. You have to have them. You have to have them, but he likes to make sure they actually work, you Mm -hmm. know, because sometimes you can have smoke detectors that are expired and are not working. Or sometimes you have smoke detectors that go off when there is no fire. (laughs) So we had, which is the worst when you're a safety freak. (laughs) Right. So middle of the night, the alarms are going off. And again, like this was a few years ago, our kids are older. We kind of all jump up and run downstairs, but like, we have an exit plan, but there's no, there was no smoke. 
and I'll go through and I'll feel, and then, uh, you know, I go through, feel the walls, make sure everything's all right. And check and, the, check, check, yep, check there's the nothing furnace, wrong. check right. the dryer, where else could there possibly be a fire? And we realized at that point it was just, uh, it could be a bug often gets through there or something like that, a spider web. And so we went back to bed, but you know, that's a lot like how anxiety works. You know, you're hearing the alarm go off. It's telling you to be worried. There's fire, there's fire, but you walk around going, well, we're okay. We, there's yeah. no fire. But I think that's what had happened in our lives as you were having those alarms go off in your head, looking for smoke everywhere. When it's like, honey, there's no smoke. Our house is not on fire. Yes. You're like, but the alarm is going off. <laughs> and and I think it does two things, right? One is it you, you have these alarms going off. And by the way, it went off several times over a week span, which prompted me to replace them. Yes. But... Um, it, it does a couple of things. One is it makes you anxious. So now I can't sleep because I'm worried about the alarm going off, right? I'm, I'm living in this world of like on edge mm-hmm. or number two, it desensitizes you. Yes. So when a real alarm goes mm-hmm. off, you don't pay attention to it right. because you're living in this world where alarms are going off. Now we have this really cool um, detectors now. This was like Joe's, favorite, Joe, Joe's favorite day here this past year. He <laughs> discovered smoke detectors that are also linked to your phone. Mm-hmm. Now, what's really nice about these detectors is that if, when I'm cooking and there's a fire in the kitchen, it just says smoke detected, smoke detected in your kitchen. It doesn't like ring all the alarms. So you're not quite as freaking out. Well, it will if you don't. But it, it just it, tells you first yeah. there's smoke. It, it'll tell you smoke is and it'll ring your phone saying, hey, smoke has been detected. Smoke is increasing. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you that. And then it'll say <laughs> uh, the alarm is going to sound in five yes. seconds. It will be loud. Yes. It tells you this. So if you wake up in the middle of the night, which we haven't, praise God, to this, it's a whole lot more comforting than just mm-hmm. the alarm, right? Um, but then it'll say, like, smoke is clearing. And it yes. says it in a very smiley voice. But again, with the app, here I am at home. We have a small little burning piece of, you know, crust in the bottom of the oven. The smoke is going on. It tells me. And what happens? My phone rings. Joe calls. Hey, is there smoke in the kitchen? And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know it. There's smoke in my kitchen. We're fine. It's just the kitchen fire, not kitchen fire, but you know, something in so the oven. So what you're saying is that modern technology is helping us be more control freaks. Yeah, that or I really think it's putting you at it ease. It is putting me at ease, at yes. the ease for the most part. But I have loved seeing you grow, Joe, from what is definitely a control freak and a safety freak into somebody who is just flat out responsible and diligent because mm. now there are so many things in my house. You're talking about, you know, sump pumps and talking about detectors and furnaces that I don't worry about at all because I know that you have got it. Even our cars, that can be a danger if something's mm. not working or there's something that could light on fire. Yeah. You don't want our car to go on fire either. That you're so diligent in checking those things and saying, I know that those cars are well maintained. They're not going to explode on the highway. I know that our my, our furnace is maintained. They're not going to leak poisonous, odorless gas while we're sleeping. So I have loved just watching you make that transition now that you're not nearly as worried as you were. And I think for me, the moment I knew you were healed. (laughs) Or or at least in the healing process, right? Healed was when our daughter turned 16 (laughs) and she had to start driving. And like the old me was like, Joe's not going to be cool with this. I'm like, Joe's (laughs) never going to let her leave the neighborhood. (laughs) And when you suddenly, you know, that day she got her license too, then you let her go. I was like, are you okay with this? I'm like, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> I don't like the idea of them driving. It's, it's, and as we get older, of course, our kids are younger. And so you see a 16 year old, you're like, man, you're not even old enough to, to be leaving the house. What are you doing in the car? But, and I do drive my kids' cars. Mm-hmm. I do look them over. There are things that I look for uh, to make sure that they're safe. So their tires don't fall off on the highway, mm-hmm. those types of things. Cause of course they drive older cars. 
So there is a line between um, negligence and responsibility and between being a control freak and being responsible. Right. And I love that you've, I believe you've crossed that line into just being flat out someone who I can trust to take Mm -hmm. care of those details because I am not as good about checking, you know, and you kind of taught me how to do the check. Like, hey, when you leave the house, check the stove, check to make sure this is closed, check the back door. And in the beginning, I kind of fought you on that. I'm like, oh, what's up with all this checking and checking? But now I'm like, now I'm a checker and I leave the house and I feel more confident that things got checked. But I think the big difference in the early days, you did it because I was kind of projecting my anxiety. Oh, it was, it was the scary checking. Right. Yeah. Where now it's more like, yeah, I, I probably should do this. <laughs> right. So I, yeah, lot, we've grown When I forget some things, I am the one who will forget to check. So mm-hmm. I think by Joe helping me become a checker, I'm a little bit more responsible in those details that I can forget. And I still have a long way to go. So. It still rears every yeah. now and then. You know, I still get into that. that so Joe, mode. what is your top five or so safety tips for your home, your family, your house, not your house, but... Okay, so um, that's a really good question. Uh, fire and water always come to mind. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things that fire and water damage that they can do. Um, I would say probably your dryer vent mm-hmm. is a, a top one for me. I'm always checking our vi- dryer vent, and I'm so grateful because the house we own now mm-hmm. has like no vi- dryer vent. Yes. It like goes into the wall and outside. Uh, the house that we had before had like a 30 foot run and it, I was constantly having and to we clean had it a, out. And we had a small dryer fire mm-hmm. one time. So it happened. Yep. We, Tara's pulling towels out of the dryer being like, why do these smell like they're on fire? And sure enough, there had been a fire in the drum of the dryer. So your dryer vent is something that most people don't even think about, mm-hmm. but really should be looked at at least once every other year. But I would say at least once a year, the lint just builds up in there. How do you feel about candles then? Uh, candles are my number one <laughs> thing that I dislike the most. Why is Um, that? Well, candles are the number one cause of fire in the United (laughs) States. Um, And uh, Tara, you are, um, we'll say, um, not as uh, responsible when it comes to candles. You do a great job. You do a great job. I've learned, though, if I have a candle on, I don't leave the room. We put it in the middle of the granite countertop. But I don't leave the room. There's no flammable stuff. Because again, I'll forget. I'm like, I'm going to go run upstairs and get one thing. And I forget, I stay upstairs, upstairs for an hour. And meanwhile, I have an unattended candle and downstairs. It's these tea lights, these small candles mm-hmm. that, that do the most damage. But one time we were having Thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. at your house. Can I throw your mom yeah, under the bus Yeah, my mom likes candles. And uh, I went into the bathroom and sure enough, the wall was on fire mm-hmm. because she had the candle too close. And had I not gone in there, it would have been very tragic. So I was able to, we were able to obviously put it out. It was There's been a, a lot of thing. family drama. So now oh. they have candles with no flames. My mom finally moved because we didn't like the, <laughs> no one liked the candles. There's too many candles. One time, remember my dad leaned over the table and the candle accidentally tipped over on him and he got, he got wax, hot wax yep. all over his face. He was fine. But I'm like, yeah, these hot candles are not a good idea. So if you are into candles, I'm not saying don't be. They actually sell candle warmers. Mm-hmm. These warmers that you can put the candle on, you get the same kind of fragrant, mm-hmm. uh, the same smell without uh, a flame. But just be really careful. Candles are the number one cause of fire in the United States, I believe, or at least it was a couple of years ago. Dryer vents is a big one. Your stove, when you have a flame on the stove, make sure there's no flammable stuff around it. This is a thing that even to this so day, I'm constantly, I'll walk, I'll get home from work and I'll be like, you see how close that paper towel is? I mean, right next to the stove, right, right next to the stove and the flame is on. So that's another big one. I check smoke detectors every so often that most of the modern day ones have, you can just check them at any time. I check them about once a month just to make sure that they're okay and that they work because obviously mm-hmm. you wouldn't, if they've never gone off, there's a chance that they actually no about, false alarms. They may not how about working. your outer protection of your home, you the know? door and the garage door. So the garage door <laughs> has to be closed. 
Why is that? Uh, because uh, <laughs> it's, what's your phrase? You what? say you've it, lost your first line of protection, <laughs> right? Yes. Your first line of protection is actually closing your doors. Um, and Tara drove off one time with the garage door wide open and, <laughs> and it was left open all night one night because oh. it had gone down and it had come back up and we didn't know it. And so after that, um, yeah, I have a garage door opener now that actually will let me know when it's open and when it's, it's on shut. Wi-Fi. So now if he yeah. leaves the house and he's like, is it shut? I'm like, check your app. It's shut. Yeah. And I actually have a, a ring camera in there too. So I yes. know that the garage doors are the shut. Ring cameras have been great for self, for protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then make sure your front door's locked. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if it was a Seinfeld episode or whatever, but the security lock is, is perfect. It's got one major flaw. You have to lock the door. Or yeah, it has so to be on. I do have the furnace checked and inspected and cleaned every year just to make sure that there's no possibility of carbon monoxide coming into the house. Uh, we did get a dog. A dog helps with, with that kind of stuff. The kids wanted the dog, but the back of Joe's mind, Joe's like, <laughs> but this is a really, really good form of home protection. Right, yes. Like it can outsmart a lot of different systems. So we're so thankful you joined us. I hope you learned something about home safety <laughs> and the difference between being a safety freak, a safety freak, a control freak, and just being a responsible, diligent man like my husband is. Mm. Yeah. And, and God really does have it. And, and learning to trust God takes, it's a process and it takes time. And I think it's a lifelong process, but being honest with God and asking him to help me made a huge difference. Yeah, And so next week we're super excited. Right. We'll have guests on the podcast. Again. Yeah. We'll be talking to Pastor Cal and Susan Rickner from Northwoods Community Church in Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. They've been married for 40 years and they have an incredible story and you're not going to want to miss it. Your five-star rating is huge. We talked about that at the beginning of the episode. Your review <laughs> makes a big difference. For real. And uh, so thank you so much. We'd love to connect with you. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook at Behind Our Smiles. And we are on Instagram at Behind Our Smiles Pod. A huge thanks to our producer, Mark Stubinger, and our amazing sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. They have helped to make this week's episode possible. As a Samaritan member, you have control over your health care, choosing the doctors, treatments, and hospitals that are right for you and your family. There are no network restrictions. It's affordable, and you can join today. And you can find out more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash miles.